Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 33 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Okay, today we are going to be talking about foods with magical powers. These are those foods that hold that little bit of extra power over you where it feels impossible to stop eating them or they seem to keep tripping you up. And in today's episode, I'm going to teach you how to identify those foods in your life and then how to neutralize those magical powers so they don't keep having those same effects over you. Now, sometimes this stuff can be tough, so I'm going to give you my best tips in this uh, podcast episode, but sometimes despite your best efforts at applying this to your life, there may still be foods out there or situations out there that trip you up. And maybe you're getting really tired of always having to focus on it and always feeling like you keep getting tripped up. Now that is a situation that is perfect for my private one-on-one weight loss coaching for physicians. So in that coaching, because it's one-on-one and private, we are able to really work down and figure out the underlying reasons why those things keep tripping you up and figure out the solutions for them for you in your life. And I think that's really important because this coaching isn't just a diet plan where I tell you, oh, just eat this and you're going to be great. Because honestly, we all know that doesn't work. What this is, is really a coaching plan that meets you where you're at in your life and designs solutions around what's impacting you currently. And I think by taking that rude approach, it can create unimaginable change in how you relate to food and how you relate to your weight. So if that sounds interesting to you, just head over to my website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash work dash with dash me. And on that page, there's a little bit of a video about coaching, as well as uh, you can book an introductory session with me that's free, gives us 20 minutes to sit down and chat about how I might be able to best help you. I can't wait to meet you in your introductory session. And now a quick break to review a disclaimer. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. And now back to the episode. All right, we're back. Here we go. Magical foods. Now, I am the mother to two nine-year-old girls, and so I can say a lot of our life and what's in our house is related to magic things, uh, such as unicorns, mermaids, fairies, elves. Anything magical is a big thumbs up as far as our house goes. And so that's why I think I like to think about foods in this way. So foods that seem to contain magical powers, where they seem to be able to make you do things that you did not plan on doing, nor did you maybe want to do. Here you end up again eating that same food or overeating that food. And it seems to be related to the food. And I think the best example, and it's one I've talked about on this podcast before but man if I could like really bottle how much energy I put into trying to solve this 
I would have so much of my life. Like, I feel like I could have accomplished so many things with all that thought energy I put towards trying to figure this particular out. And what this one was is it's Wendy's French fries. I've talked about it lots, but they had magical powers for me for years, meaning they had this pull that I felt I couldn't resist that once that craving started, didn't think I could have any chance of resisting. I didn't think I'd have a chance of ever ending up not relating to them in that way. And I thought they could do stuff for me. I thought, uh, you know, if I was stressed, the Wendy's French fries made it better. If I was tired post-call, Wendy's French fries made it better. Uh, and so my brain created all this magical powers that these French fries had when really all the French fries are are just deep fried potatoes with some extra salt on them. Um, but my brain created all this extra stuff and all that extra stuff that my brain created, guess what? Made it harder to not eat the Wendy's French fries. Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today is how to identify these foods that your brain's creating all these magical powers for and how to neutralize some of the magical powers so that it can just be food. So I can eat Wendy's French fries now and have them just be French fries and not have all that attachment and all that magical thinking and these magical powers and make it mean that it's going to be harder to not eat them the next time. I am able to now just eat them and if that's where we end up having a meal and just enjoy them for what they are, but not subscribe all the other stuff to it. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So first off, how do you know if a food has magical powers? And what I say, what I mean by that is how do you know if you're subscribing magical powers to a food? And so the first clue would be if there's any food where you say, it is impossible for me to resist blank, that's a magical power. If there's a food that when you think about not eating it, it makes you think my life wouldn't be the same without blank. That's a magical power. So the classic when we're talking about lower carb eating would be people say, I couldn't possibly live without bread. I don't know what life would be like without bread. That's a magical power for bread. And then the other one is thinking that the food is doing something for you beyond just being fuel for your body. So like my example about the Wendy's French fries, they were curing all sorts of things that ailed me. They were curing my stress, my overwork, my burnout, my fatigue because I didn't sleep that night because I'd been on call so many things that these magical french fries were doing when you think about it and really if you think about it if they were actually doing that for the two dollars and whatever cents they are that was a fantastic deal the problem is is they didn't actually do any of that right my brain told me they would and kept telling me they would each time I encountered the same situation but the outcome of eating them never ended up with that thing being solved for me so if there's a food that you think you need to eat to have a good time, if there's a food you think you need to eat when you're feeling sad, if there's something you need to eat when you're bored, or if at night there's certain foods you need to eat, if there's foods you need to eat in order to go to sleep, if there's foods you need to eat in order to have a proper breakfast, all of those would be uh, magical properties that you're assigning to the food that are beyond what the actual food is. Okay, so do you have 
a picture of your magical foods. If you're driving or something, you might not be able to write them down, but if you're sitting around, maybe it's worthwhile just making a note of what foods you think this applies to you for. And maybe it's more than you think. Like, that's why I wanted to list those is maybe there's other foods that when you actually think about it, you're assigning some sort of magical power to. Um, so Wendy's French fries is my top one that was really the the catalyst for me to really figure all this stuff out. But there's so many other th- foods that I assign magical powers to, like... Um, uh, chips up in the middle of the night on call, um, cake, when it, chocolate cake, when it's in front of me, it's really easy to assign magical powers to that and make it be something more, oh, fruit pie, I would say, like a homemade fruit pie would be something I assign some magical powers to about it being so delicious that it's hard to resist and so scarce, hard to find that it it would be silly to resist it. There's so many different foods that when you think about how you're thinking about them and assigning power to them, it really can impact whether or not you stay on your plan on any given situation or on a given day. All right, now let's talk about how to neutralize these magical powers because the reality is if you want to lose weight and you want this to be the last time that you lose this weight so where you keep it off and you have a confidence that you will always be able to figure it out you need to stop assigning magical powers to food food needs to just become food it's fuel for our bodies it's choices we make but none of it has magical powers over other ones so here's the truth The magical powers aren't coming from the food. The food is food. The magical powers are coming from our brain. It's what our brain is assigning to that food. And it's coming from the more primitive part of our brain. It's coming from that part of our brain that gives us the cravings and wants the reward from the food. And so if you think about it, it's kind of the sneaky part of our brain that's used to tell me, oh, hey, you're stressed. You know what? Take it easy. Go have some French fries. That's, it's a sneaky part of my brain because what my brain is looking for is the reward. It's looking for the dopamine. It's not looking for me to feel stress-free necessarily, but it, it uses it as like a way in is the way I think about it. So it catches a moment of vulnerability and gives you suggestions based on that that let you uh, eat what your brain wants you to eat and get that dopamine reward. So... If the magical component of the food is not coming from the food itself, where is it coming from? Well, it's coming from our thoughts. So it's how we think about that food. The food is just food, but it's how we think about it that assigns all this magical abilities to the food. And that's fantastic news because we are always in control of our thoughts. And as we build awareness of this, as we build awareness of how these thoughts are impacting our decisions and how we're relating to particular foods, we can then intentionally change those thoughts. And then that means we can change how we relate to certain foods. So it's not that you could never resist chocolate. It's that's a thought, I could never resist chocolate. And if you change that thought to something like, I can take it or leave it, then it totally can change how you relate to that food. 
Sometimes these thoughts have been thought for so long that they become belief systems. So a belief is just a thought that you've thought enough that it feels like just complete fact to you, but it's still a thought and it's still able to be changed. So things that you believe as the absolute truth are able to be changed just with time and with building awareness. Now, along these lines, if we're using this as a bit of a thought experiment, so if our thoughts are generating magical properties for these foods, generally the magical properties are assigned to foods that we quote unquote shouldn't be eating, right? They're not the foods that are on our plan that if we eat lots of will help us in our weight loss goals. But wouldn't it be interesting if you played an experiment of assigning some of those thoughts, like think of the thoughts that you have related to chocolate or chocolate bars or donuts or something like that and assign them to healthy food. So what if I went through my day and instead of thinking Wendy's french fries were the answer to everything, what if I went through the day thinking a salad was like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. I really need to sit down with a green salad with some chicken on it. And it may sound a bit laughable because we don't associate that type of food with the same dopamine hit. So it's not going to hit the same reward patterns in our brain. But it's a thought that I could have. And if I thought that enough, my brain would start suggesting that as a solution. Or what if I walked around thinking, I cannot resist a salad. If I'm at a restaurant and there is a salad on the menu, I, I have to order it. I have no choice but to order it. And again, you know, I think very few of us think that way. But if you intentionally start to think that way, then guess what would happen? When you sat down at a restaurant, you would be drawn to the salad section and that's what you would order. So this magical properties we can neutralize the ones where it's not working for us, but maybe we can use the power of this and the power of how our brain can assign so much power to certain foods to use it to actually help us and help make our decisions feel easier. So the next step about neutralizing these magical powers of food is to ask yourself what your brain or what you are getting from that particular food. So it's really rare for our brains to get us to do stuff that don't have benefit in some way. Now, it might not be completely clear, like it might not be the benefit that we're wanting to get on a higher level, but everything that we do is benefiting us in some way. And so if we approach these magical foods and we ask ourselves, okay, what is it that I'm getting from this food? What is the benefit to me to continue to eat this food? And so for me, um, with the French fry example I'm using, it was probably what I came down to as the biggest thing was it was a break. It was an excuse for me to go sit in a quiet car and not have anybody talk to me and not do anything. That was the biggest thing. And that was the biggest, like, it's a busy day, but it's okay, you can have French fries. I don't think it was actually at the base of it about French fries. It was about that break, that micro break in my day that I wasn't getting anywhere else. Maybe it's, you know, a solution to stress. Maybe it's a solution to feeling restless. I think that's more common than what we give it credit to. Maybe it's a solution for boredom. It gives you something to do. There's so many different things that that food might be playing in your life. And unless you pay attention to what it is 
and build awareness about what benefit eating that food is giving you, it's going to be really hard to change the habit. And that's because if you don't figure out other ways to get that benefit, and you, your brain then only has the one answer, it only has the food. So that's the next step is once you figure out what you're getting from that food, then you have to intentionally think about other ways you could get that. So back to my uh, French fry example, what I started to do was actually give myself a mini breaks, even before that stress level started to amp up. So I found at the beginning, because like I've said, this was such a hard habit to break. The beginning, the waiting until I felt stressed, it was too hard. It felt like the horse was out of the barn. Um, The decision was already made. But when I started giving myself some mini breaks throughout the day, like taking just, you know, five minutes to sit at my desk and just kind of do some deep breathing and um, take a bit of a break from seeing patients or taking a break at my lunch hour and just leaving the office and actually going for a short walk. Um, All these things helped give me those little breaks so that the stress level didn't build and I didn't need that drive through as a break. Um, if it's stress, then thinking through, okay, how can I manage my stress? If it's boredom, thinking through what other things can I do so I don't actually get bored in the evening or whenever this is happening. If it's restlessness, thinking, okay, what else can I do when I feel restless? What would calm me down that's not food related? And coming up with some strategies so that the next time you feel that same feeling, or are in that same situation, and your brain offers the food as a solution, you have something else that you can do. Now, the final step in this is recognize that your brain is still going to have that habit loop. So you, your brain will still offer the food as a solution. The difference is it's going to be offering it to somebody who has a totally different awareness of what the meaning and possible solutions are. So when we're in these situations, and we haven't worked on building this awareness, and we're thinking that it's just the food that has a magical pull, everything feels outside of our control, it puts us in the victim seat, and it feels like it just happens completely unintentionally, and completely without our ability to exact change on it. The difference is once you've worked through this and your brain offers you that solution, you have a different level of awareness. You'll have, oh, hey, there's that French fry craving again. Uh, I must be feeling stressed. So you'll make it mean something different than just, oh, I'm never going to be able to resist these French fry cravings. Um, You'll make it mean, oh, I'm stressed or, oh, what was I thinking about? What just triggered that? And it'll mean something totally different. And by making it mean something totally different, you then build the ability to start creating change for these habits. So don't expect that just by working through this, your brain's going to stop offering the food. It will still offer the food and maybe it will for the rest of your life. But those offerings will start to feel very different. Those offerings will start to just mean something different to you. So you'll assign different meaning to them in your mind, which then will make them feel very different and be easier to act differently on. 
And then what you can do is you can start using that tool that we talked about in the cravings episode where you allow the craving or you allow the urge to eat. You let it be there, but you don't act on it. And I can tell you that is a lot easier to use when you're thinking this is just a food and my brain is suggesting it as a solution that doesn't work versus when you're in a position where you're thinking this food is magical, I am unable to resist it, I will always eat it. Your experience of allowing the craving is going to feel different. In the setting where you've done this work and you've neutralized the magic powers of the food, allowing your craving becomes really straightforward and not very scary to try. If you're sitting in a situation where you haven't done this work and this food still has magical powers, it really can feel scary to try to resist it because you risk failure because look at how irresistible this food is. And anytime we risk failure, we automatically don't really want to try. Uh, So doing this work can then let you allow the cravings, work with the cravings in a much more positive manner. And if you haven't listened, that was back, I believe, episode five. So just go back through the episodes, listen to that one, because I think that allowing the cravings, allowing the urges to eat is a really important skill to learn when you're doing lifelong weight loss. And I think this skill of neutralizing any magical thinking about food is a really important additional skill to add to that. All right, so let's summarize. So first, you're going to recognize which foods you're thinking magically about. And those are the foods that you're unable to resist, that you think your life would be significantly different without, or that you feel that the food is doing something for you beyond just fueling your body. Once you've recognized the foods that you're magically thinking about, then you are going to first of all recognize that it's just a food, the magical powers are coming from your thinking. You're going to ask yourself what it is that you get from eating that food, what are the benefits to you, and what solution is your brain trying to provide with that food. And then you will ask yourself, what other ways could I get that same benefit or that same solution that do not involve the food? And then you will move forward, recognizing that you will still have this habit loop working. So you will still have your brain offering this food as a solution, totally fine, But you can then, when you hear it, make it mean something totally different and make it mean that you need to do your stress management technique or you need to go take a bit of a break for yourself or whatever it is that you decide your alternative management strategy is going to be. These cravings can then just be a trigger for those things to start happening. All right, if you are listening and enjoying this podcast, please remember to hit the subscribe button. Uh, So you get all the new episodes. I do put out bonus episodes sometimes. And if you're a subscriber, you get them uh, downloaded automatically, which is a big benefit. Uh, If you could take the time to write a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, I would really appreciate it. That really helps a podcast get found Uh, for other people who might benefit from this information. And as always, if you have any questions, send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. You can comment on this blog post at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash magical dash food. All right, have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm.